Hi, it's Melissa Moore, and welcome to Mile High Magazine on this Sunday morning. Thank you so much for being here with us, and excited to talk to our next guest, who's the founder of Sober AF Entertainment. And if you're like, well, wait a minute, what does that mean? Uh, We'll find out here. Duke Rumley, good morning. Melissa, thank you so much for having me. Well, thank you for being here first off. Sober AF Entertainment. Yes. So thank you for asking about the name. We catch a lot of grief about the name. So Sober AF Entertainment, and then the acronym is SAFE. Okay. So the AF technically doesn't stand for anything. It could stand for a lot of things. Sure, it could. But it completes the acronym of SAFE. But it also starts the discussion. If the nonprofit was called Sober Entertainment, nobody would show up. Mm-hmm. So we it gives are, them a little edge. Yeah. So we're really trying to make this fun, edgy. And really the flip side is why is sober the bad word and party the good word yeah. when party is killing 70,000 kids every year? So talk to me about that. We were talking a little bit before we went on the air. How many, you were saying, how many kids every year are dying of drug overdose? So last year was 68,000 Kids overdosed and died in the United States. The year before that, it was 72,000. So the CDC came out this week and said they expect 67,000 to be the number of overdose deaths just on drugs, not including alcohol, in 2019. Okay. And they also said for the decade up from 2010 to 2019, I'm sorry, 2018, it was 467,000 families are missing a loved one this Christmas because of drug overdoses. And so, is that any kind of drug? I mean, does that include opioids, yes. which I think we're all kind of familiar with the epi- epidemic that we're hearing about right now and seeing, I think, you know, in our personal lives. Right. So we're really, I think, aware of the opioid issue because it's so instant. You know, um, there's a lot of young kids who are, you know, taking it that night and not waking up the next day. Right. And uh, as a parent, I know this is always my fear. And I've got a 21-year-old and 18-year-old, and I've worked in this field long enough just to realize that, you know, there are kids dying and just not coming home. Mm-hmm. And uh, that is kind of the... I know what it's like to be a 52-year-old dad who has teenagers, right? Right. I don't know what it's like to be a teenager, but I know what it's like when I grew up. And, you know, how do we have this discussion with our kids of, you know, what my expectations are? Mm-hmm. You know, and they'll text me because we're, you know, it's 2019. That, right. That's how we do right. it. And it's like, hey, I'm spending the night over at Johnny's house, and I'll reply, you know, sober AF, exclamation point, mm-hmm. right? And that's my expectation. They're not going to get drunk, they're not going to get high, and they're not going to get pregnant. Mm-hmm. So, you know, those are kind of the quick ways that we're able to have this discussion. And we obviously have a deeper discussion um, on this, but, uh, you know, that, you know, kind of circles back to the name. Um, we are really trying to kind of make this a fun movement because the word sober typically means you know boring or it's going to suck which is unfortunate but i mean that has kind of been the stigma for a long time of oh you're no fun you don't drink right oh you're no fun you don't do whatever so how did you decide to do this because you said that you've been working in the field first off what does that mean so i am a guy who is 30 years sober um and i've also worked in the residential treatment field for uh, the last nine years. So I was an interventionist um, for a local nonprofit treatment center and then a marketer. 
Okay. So for the last nine years, I've been helping people get into treatment. Okay. So I've been able to kind of see the pros and cons and understand how difficult it is for people to really feel like they need this, um, you know, is this the, the moment that they have to kind of surrender their life and try to live without drugs and alcohol. And I think the biggest core issue that people have saying no to that is because they do think their life's going to suck and it's all the fun's going to be over. Right. Right. That is kind of what we're, you know, because there's no money in abstinence, right? All mm-hmm. the money is in drugs and alcohol. So we, we go to Coors Field. We go to music festivals sponsored by Bud Light. You know, there's no music festival sponsored by Don't Drink and Don't Do Drugs. Mm-hmm. Uh, not yet, but we'll see what we can do. Right. Okay. So I kind of, I'm understanding your background. So you decided to start Sober AF Entertainment. How long ago? So 18 months ago, I'm sorry, 19, 20. So we've been around for 19 months. And let's say 20 months ago, my daughter texted me from Red Rock. She was at a concert and she texted me like, hey, I want to take an Uber home. And I texted back like, hey, what's going on? And she's like, well, all my friends took ecstasy and I don't feel safe. And my first thought was, you know, I'm glad you're being honest with me. How much is an Uber home, Right. you know, as a cheapo. But my other thought was like, man, this sucks. This is the only lifestyle this kid really knows is this party lifestyle. And, you know, she really enjoys all the electronic dance music. It's a very much club culture with, you know, different party drugs, uh, ecstasy, uh, kind of being the, the big one. So, um, I'm 30 years sober. When I got sober, there was a sober support group called the Wharf Rats, and they were at Grateful Dead concerts. Okay. So at 20 years old, I'm going to the Grateful Dead, newly sober, and I found that there was a group there who had a sober support table, and they were kind of hanging out and you know helping people realize you're not the only one sober. Mm-hmm. So especially you know, at a Grateful Dead show. Yes. Yeah. So I had seen 15 shows up to that point when I was still drinking and getting high. And then I saw another 25 shows sober and I would always check in with these wharf rats. Mm -hmm. And it just made all the difference in the world realizing I'm not the only one here sober. Okay. Right. And it just kind of charges up your battery a little bit. You know, it's not like it's a, you know, a treatment or therapy or a meeting really in any way. Is Um, it just a connection having somebody that you can connect with that's, in the same arena that you are in? So I think, you know, there's a part of me that did not want to give up having fun and going to the edge. And if I can do that without drinking or getting high, you know, it made the other 28 days a month, you know, that more manageable. I could be a normal kid, go to college, not drink. And, um, you know, I was definitely lucky to have very supportive family. I was active in a 12-step community. Um, I had a lot of really good things going for me that kind of helped that early sobriety. But finding this group that made sobriety cool made a huge difference. And I didn't realize that until like later in my sobriety. Mm -hmm. So fast forward now, I got this issue with my kids and I have a, um, you know, at the time, 20 year old daughter, 17 year old son and wanted to show them, hey, you know, you really can have fun sober. So we started off with uh, a sober tailgate outside a bass nectar concert um, inside the bass nectar. There's already a sober support group, much like the wharf rats called the hummingbird. So we volunteered at their table. Mm-hmm. Um, we did uh, Red Rocks with Big Head Todd and the Monsters. And then we did a Rockies game and we sold uh, 210 tickets in like eight days. 
So I'd called up the Rockies. We got discounted seats. We got a sober section. We went through a sober tailgate beforehand. And that was kind of the aha moment. Mm -hmm. Like, we know there's a need, but is there really a want for this? And what did you find? So, A, there was this group of newly sober kids who were so appreciative for a hot dog a uh, popsicle in a sober section. It just blew their mind because mm-hmm. they really thought their life was over. And they, you could just kind of tell like this was such a big moment in their life. And I could kind of relate to that early sobriety, super awkward. You know, they're kind of walking through everything. Sure. Um, like we've learned you have to have e- either a video game or wiffle ball or a TV on, you know, to kind of push through that first 10 minutes of awkwardness. Right. And your tailgate has to be just as good as everybody else's, if not better. Okay. Because these kids are on point like, hey, if it's 30 kids and it sucks, I'm never coming back. So if we can show up with 200 kids and people from other tailgates are coming over because we have the big screen TV and they want to know what's going on in the game, and we got to fish them out saying, hey, mm-hmm. this is, you know, sober section. You can't have a beer in here. You know, the kids are picking up on like, hey, this is really rad and this is something that I want to do again and tell my friends. And I didn't know I could have this much fun, you know, without drugs and alcohol. If I'm understanding right, Sober AF Entertainment, it's for the kids. Eh, so, or is it for adults too? Like, who is it, who is your target demo right. here? So, I would say who has shown up has really been twenty to thirty year old people. Okay. So, <clears throat> we don't have an age requirement, and we don't have a sobriety requirement. We just ask that you're sober at the event. So, those are our asks. We're trying to make it family friendly. We're trying to make it for anyone who's sober curious. We're trying to make it for anyone who wants to take the day off or the night off. Um, my daughter calls it the dad zone. Mm-hmm. You know, she's been coming with four or five of her sorority sisters. She's a pie fi up at CSU and they've been coming and, you know, it was interesting. She got interviewed and some of the stuff she said kind of blew my mind, but it was like, you know, we've learned we don't need to pregame an event to go do something. Mm-hmm. And you forget what it's like to be, you know, 20, 21 year old kid. You know, obviously she can't drink until she's 21, but um, now that she's 21, alcohol's expensive, so a lot mm-hmm. of them pregame stuff sure. because of the cost. And, you know, they're kind of learning these things. Um, and it's just interesting. It's a, How is this not out there already? How are we the only ones doing this for concerts, sporting events, and for uh, music festivals? Well, I think always the great ideas come out of a personal need that someone right. has. And says, hey, we noticed this need. Because I think, as you talked about, when you've been sober for so many years, you, you've you come up with your own coping skills. You've right. come up with your own group of friends that know that you don't drink. You've now realized with age and maturity and all of that, that you don't have to drink to have fun. But this younger group of kids, college, even younger I mean, that's been what they've been told right. is like, hey, we can't wait till we turn 21. And then when we do, we're going to tear it up before we go into a game or a concert or whatever and then keep it going. Right. It's a very different. So I can I, I understand why the people that are showing up are the age that they are and also why nobody's done it yet. 
Well, I think there is a big wave of this sober curious movement, and I think we're kind of at the beginning stage of it, but we're seeing sober bars opening up in New York City mm-hmm. and in Chicago. Right. Um, so I think this next generation isn't really buying the hype that was sold by Madison Avenue in the 60s and 70s that you have to be drunk to have fun. I don't think there is another group that's really stepped in. So what we've done is we have set up a um, software on our website, which allows anyone anywhere to host their own sober tailgate. So we want to be the national sober tailgate, sober support meetup. Mm -hmm. So people go in and they can host their own and we'll be the promotional side. So this fall we went and we were at the world's largest outdoor cocktail party, Mm -hmm. the Georgia, Florida game. We were at... Penn State at Maryland. We were at Notre Dame, Michigan. So we tried to find the biggest game every single week and go and throw a sober tailgate at it. Okay. You know, it's easy to find the recovery community as far as treatment centers, sober livings, intensive outpatients. But this sober curious community, like, you know, the 33-year-old mom who is aged out of it Mm -hmm. or somebody who... You know, is in a relationship with somebody who maybe has like an addiction to marijuana and doesn't feel safe going out to an event again. We're really out there trying to find this sober, curious folks, which I think is a much larger segment than it is just the recovery community. Mm-hmm. So tell me this, what's coming up? Like if somebody who says, hey, this sounds great, this fits my lifestyle, I want to go out and have fun, go to different events, I don't drink, I don't want to be around it. How do they get involved? How do they find out, like you were talking about, the Rockies tickets when you're doing something? So uh, you go to our website or go to our Facebook page. So the website is SoberAFE.com. The Facebook page is SoberAF Entertainment. So we're pretty active in those areas posting stuff. And as a new nonprofit, we're still kind of pivoting along, seeing what the community wants. But on New Year's Eve, from 4 to 6, we'll have a sober tailgate inside the Pepsi Center. Then... We have a sober section. Avalanche have been terrific to work with. This is probably our fourth or fifth Avalanche game. Oh, that's cool. And to they've hear. given us half off tickets. So we have $23 seats sitting together, and we've sold over 140 tickets so far. And then from 830 to 9 is fireworks inside the Pepsi Center. And then after that, we're going over to Decadence, which is a big music festival that's on the 30th and 31st okay. here in Denver. But um, they've been nice enough to give us a table and six passes for our volunteers so we'll be setting up a sober support table inside this music festival that's typically not a very sober scene right so we are really excited to kind of get the word out if anyone's going to that to kind of check in look for the yellow balloons look for our table we'll be off to the side but what a great time to be able to get together with people who are like-minded and maybe meet new friends too And if you can do it on New Year's Eve, you can probably do it anytime. Right. And it will help you get over that hump. Well, Duke Rumley, founder of Sober AF Entertainment, thank you so much for being here. Awesome. Thanks, Melissa. I'm Melissa Moore. It is Mile High Magazine. Thank you for joining us on this Sunday morning. Uh, For more information on Sober AF Entertainment, we're going to have the links listed below uh, this podcast. Go out, have a wonderful Sunday, and be kind.